recap so you have gathered at the white point hotel for the auction of this of this device this this marvelous and bizarre device the disintegrator george pelfrey and emmeline pelfrey his wife are auctioning it off the lawyer daniel wade has um accepted your credentials and brought you into the auction and everything was going reasonably well until firstly the new york lawyer i was gonna say virginia wolf that's obviously not her name. Uh, Valerie Hines, the, the New York lawyer. Val- yeah. yeah, that would have been easy. Uh, the, the the New York lawyer Valerie Hines disappeared, or, or was was not in her room when you went up to Toots went up to to find her. Um, empty room, door a window open to the balcony. The fog was halfway up the lawn by this point. You returned. Yeah, I fell Toots, off the balcony. Nearly fell off the balcony. <laughs> Toots returned to the auction room in time to for the first round of bidding, and just as it was about to uh, start, there was a knock at the window, and this seven-foot-tall, bald, hairless, creepy dude came in wearing a black suit, introduced himself as Mr. Sleep, and emptied out a velvet bag full of gold coins onto the table to the astonishment of everyone in the room and that is where we will rejoin the game so you are all sitting there looking at this incredibly bizarre man who's just standing there fairly you know emotionless just kind of waiting for his money to be accepted and for him to be able to join the auction do any of you want to say or do anything a cliff wants to take a look at those gold coins this dude just pulled out. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like they struck his fancy. I was like, "Ooh, what are these all about?" Plus, he's kind of drunk. You can either make an education or a history roll, as if you have either. I mean, I'm sort of a smart dude. I think this guy, not me. H I. How does the alphabet work again? So it's it's a stat. It's at the top. Oh, education? Yeah. Okay, that's right, that's right. I presume you're, you're probably bound to have a better education than history. Drink dex power. Come on, EB, where are you? Which one are we rolling again? The purple one or the green we, one? We roll the green. Okay, cool, thank you. So, yeah, oh wow. Hard success. So um, you look at them, maybe you've seen, you've probably seen these before in a museum. These are Revolutionary War gold coins. Ooh, okay, so these are, yeah. Hundred. These, these are three, what, 1790, 1780? I don't know. When was the Revolutionary War? Come on. Come on, Americans. We're Americans. We don't know that kind of shit, man. <laughs> I was going to say, useful information? No. Was it 1810s? I don't know. When was the Revolutionary no. War? Whenever it was. Yeah. Whenever it was. Okay. It's from then. It's 250 years old. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Mm. Isn't that when you guys got steam trains and stuff? No, before that. Way before that. It was. They still had, like, muskets. I'm thinking of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Turns back on evolution. Paul Revere. Paul Revere on the yeah, horse and all yeah. that shit. These are multiple centuries old. <laughs> yes. And Mr. Sleep looks at you and says, I hope they'll be acceptable. Oh, yeah. And, and Cliff is just kind of stunned, right? Like, this dude's got a bag of these multi-century old gold doubloons, basically. So, yeah, Cliff is kind of just stunned for a little bit. So Daniel Wade, he's kind of like looking Mr. Sleep up and down. He says, he, he picks up one of the coins, bites on it, <laughs> as you do. No, these, these, are the, these are the real deal, Mr. Wade. 
they're probably soft. He you says, know? Uh, what, what are they worth? I don't know what a gold revolutionary doubloon is worth. I, I mean, these are priceless. Okay, well, uh, I guess your money's good then, Mr. Sleep. <laughs> Mr. Sleep says, very well. <laughs> and he just leaves them there on the table and goes and sits down on a chair, very primly, with his hands folded in his lap, and just has this sort of very faint smile on his lips. Oh, man. Turns to Quincy and is like, I say we give it to him. Can't imagine there's going to be any problems there, right? And she's joking, obviously, like, but... Yeah, so uh, I think Quincy will uh, go and, and sit down next to Mr. Sleep. And, oh! Uh, he'll say, yeah. you, sir, have a stunning visage. Have you, uh, <laughs> have you ever thought of a career in film? He says, film? Yes, the, the motion pictures. Oh, 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 I see. I thought you meant, like, like a film of, of something on top of something. No, no, no. Yes, film, moving pictures, moving pictures. No, no, no. Never crossed my mind. Never. Do you think it would be something I could do? <laughs> With a visage like yours, I, I see you as a, as a fine... You, you could do wonders and say, some silent films, I think. Definitely. Silent, yes. I do like the silence. Yes. <laughs> dude, this dude is the creep show, man. I should give him one of my, uh, one of my illustrious business cards and tell him that uh, if, if he wants to get into film, he should definitely call me. Oh, I will. And then he puts it in his pocket. I love that the music just went to super freaking creepy all the time. Oh, I will. Like... <laughs> okay, so Daniel is going, okay, look, look, I, I don't know who this guy is, but uh, it's gold and, well, you know, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, eh, Mr. Sleep? And he says, uh, okay, um, could everyone please now um, fill in your... Uh, your auction slips. Oh, we already I'm, did that. You already, we already did all that. Okay, so remind me what happened. He was collecting our envelopes when Mr. Sleep walked in with his bag. So, like, he hadn't seen what was inside the envelopes yet. Yes, and you had switched one of them or something? Yeah, before Mr. Sleep showed up, I had done a little bump and tug or whatever you want to call it. That's probably not the best term for it. I was going to say, is that done with an envelope? Goodness. Paper cut That's not pound. legal in, in the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> some of I bumped somebody and tugged the envelope away. Whatever, the tug and bump and jerk, whatever you guys want to call it. Okay. <laughs> right. I feel right. like that's not much better. <laughs> the, old slip and, the old slip and slide, I get it. And so you just basically stole one of You just removed one of the bits. Did you look at it? Not yet, because right after that, this dude showed up and right, I right, right. Okay, so Daniel Wade just kind of slides the coins back into the bag and he just puts it down on his auction table. Um, and he says, okay, I, um, I better go through these. Uh, now, do you want to surreptitiously take a look at yeah, one of them? Yeah, I'll take a peek, dude. I'll tell you what, why don't we just roll a dice to see which one it is. Uh, so there's only going to be three bits, actually. So roll a, roll a d6. A D6er? Okay, where's the dice? Here it is. But... Alright, three. Same as it's. That six. will be. Oh, blimey. Yes. You see, it's Kepler's. It's a short man with a moustache who obviously works for Ursus Foundations. Foundries. That's a good one, because we didn't want them to get it, right? You didn't. And it's a good thing, too, because the bid is $12,000, which is double your maximum bid. Yeah. But, well. Yeah. Nice so you, you, uh, yeah, you maybe slide it back. You, you're just looking at under, holding it under the table, and you kind of glance down. So then Daniel Wade, he he gathers them up, and he's like shuffling through. So he's got four envelopes, 
and he's got the bag of coins, of course, <laughs> which I don't know how we're going to estimate the, or how he's going to estimate the value of that, of course. But um, you can all, I think you can all make a spot hidden. It would need to be a hard success. Okay. Those are the two people who've got a decent spot hidden. So it's like one of the few things he's good at besides violence. Oh well, there we go. Fucking Cliff is on it tonight. Maybe that that those those rum cocktails have sharpened you up. You're looking at it and you're thinking, did you do something that you didn't, you know, wrong? Because you realise that he's actually got five envelopes in his hand as he's going through them. Oh, somebody is cheating. Mm. And he opens the first three, takes out the bid slips, looks at them. He's kind of nodding, puts them down, nod, nod. And then he gets to the fourth envelope, opens it, and then he kind of pulls pulls it open a bit wider, and he goes, "What the fuck? Did someone not put a slip in?" Which huh. is the one you took. Yeah, that's yeah. the one you took. And he looks around the room, and everyone's like shrugging, and yeah, most irregular. And he's okay. Well, and this must be uh, Miss Hines. And he looks at the fifth oh, envelope. Oh crap! <laughs> he says, "But uh, no, no. What am I saying? I mean." And then the, he's like speaking to the room, speaks. Maybe there's one of the serving staff. And they say, Did they find Miss Hine? And there's just, you know, everyone's just like shaking their heads. And they opens it and he pulls out the thing and he, he takes out the slip and he looks at it and he said, Okay, who's the fucking Joker? What's going on, chap? <laughs> Was it you? He says, looking at you, Cliff. Well, it wasn't me. Yeah, I stand up and I say, Daniel, there's no need for that. Just tell us straight what's going on. Okay, well, um, someone has got a really rough sense of humour, I, I reckon. Someone has bid something, well, you could call it, like, pretty valuable. Someone, And he turns it round to show everyone. And the bid just says, your lives. Yeah, huh? That's quite a joker, that is. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't. That's not really very amusing, is it? No, no, no. Let's move on. Do we have a winner for this bid, or are we bidding again? Let's move on. Daniel, where did you get that envelope from? You must have paid attention. He says, I don't know. One of you guys gave it to me. Who? Who's the Joker here? And everyone's like pointing fingers and recriminating. And Morosini stands up and he says, This is a ridiculous. So, who's a making this about a joke? And Kepler's like, what about my bid? We must have put in the winning bid. Was the bid you put in our lives, Kepler? Was it you? <laughs> he says, don't be ridiculous. What are you saying? I'm not some thug. I'm a businessman. The worst kind of thug. Cliff sits back down. <laughs> yeah. And as you're all kind of... The level of the the volume has gone up in the room. People are starting to argue and shout at each I wanna, other. I want to look at Mr. Sleep as all of this is going on and see if I can see anything on his face as to if this makes any sense to him. Okay, you can make a psychology roll. Ooh, that's a hard success. He just looks, like, faintly amused by everything that's going on, but he's not reacting, he isn't saying anything, he's not standing up. Everyone's kind of got up out of their chairs and are pointing fingers, and, and he's just sitting there very calmly, as if he's waiting for all the other hubbub to die down. He looks confident, calm, and faintly amused, I would say. And at this point, you all hear the sound of a car approaching. You see some lights in the fog. You can't, you can't see the car. It's too foggy. It gets to, I suppose, within about 
it's hard to tell. Maybe within a hun- about 100 yards of the front of the hotel. Um, you know that the driveway comes all the way up to the front desk. And then the engine just cuts and it stops. But the lights are still on. Usual. Are we expecting somebody else? I mean, other than Valerie to return. So various people are kind of saying, who's that? Who could that be? The hotel manager comes in at this point and says, oh, it's probably one of the staff cars come to, to pick up some of the day staff, take them back to Kingsport. Do you recognize the car? Well, at the moment, you can't actually see it because it's so foggy. All you saw were the headlights. So no, he, he wouldn't recognize it. Oh, off we go then. What are you waiting for? Sort it. Jesus, do I have to tell you you have to do your job too? And then Kepler says, there's something wrong here. This strange man turns up. This strange bid. Car stalls out there in, the, in, in front of the hotel. There's all this mist. What the hell's going on here, Wade? You better tell me. And Wade is like, look, bud. I don't know what the hell's going on. But look, we got to finish this auction. The, the, these these bids, I mean, we, we've got some viable bids now. But you, Mr. Kepler, where's your bid? <laughs> and he goes, what were you talking about? I put my bid in. And Kepler's looking around the room and, and, and Wade says, sir, there is no bid from you in this. In bid this. isn't in there. He's out. He's disqualified. He didn't want it. Kepler's going, this is outrageous. This is outrageous. I will have my, I'll have my men wire through the money right now. And he goes off to consult with his accountant and his muscle, who are, who are looking um, pretty pissed off standing in the corner. Now, is that Russo? Is that his muscle? His muscle is not Russo. Okay, that's the other guy's muscle. His muscle is uh, Dalton, and the accountant's name is Brown. Dalton and Brown. So the manager, Paul Gardner, the, the elderly and grumpy manager, says, Well, look... I, I don't know what, what kind of nonsense is going on here tonight, but um, we need to get this finished. Um, you can't just occupy the auction, the, the ballroom, for the rest of the night arguing over 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 things. I'm going to send someone out to check out and check check out what that car is that's just turned up. And he and he storms off. So what do you want? What do you want to do, guys? I kind of want to wander over to Daniel and sort of say to him, "Look, we're the only ones that are well behaved and put in a decent bid, and I think that it's just clear that you should." accept our bid and and we be on our merry way and you can get out of here and so can everybody else because this is clearly getting quite strange sweetie <laughs> i like your moxie but uh i'm afraid you've been outbid three to one <laughs> it's no ma- matter dainty says stepping over we've completely undermined the integrity of the bidding system at this point now that everyone's seen the bids no legitimate bid can be put in tonight by this group of people. In fact, we'd have to have a completely different group of bidders for this to be a clear and pure process once again. I, I don't know what law school you went to, uh, sir, but uh, I got three legitimate bids here, and we got this crazy guy with the gold. I, I don't see what you're driving at. We need to make a sale, and we need to make it tonight, and I got some uh, decent amount here. I'm not going to turn it down just because some crazy shit is happening out there. Well, how does George feel about this? I mean, ultimately, it's his to sell, isn't it? Is this a legitimate auction? <laughs> Do you have a license to be doing this? I mean, clearly not, because someone just walked in off the street and announced they were... I mean, this is hardly legitimate. George is kind of looking very pale, and he's, he's saying, 
Mr. Dainty, Miss Toots, I... Look, I, I, I know I know things are quite a bit strange, but I really just want to get this over and done with. If someone's willing to pay for this thing, to take it away from here, get it off my hands, that's, that's all I want. George, George, and I, I lean down and I'm like, what you're selling is dangerous, do you understand? If the wrong people get a hold of this, the world could be in trouble. You understand that, right? So why don't you let those of us who want to keep it out of dangerous hands take it from you? And we'll give you money for that. Please, George. You can make a either persuade or a charm roll. My persuade's better, I think. Wow. Holy shit. He gives it to you. He says, there you go. Take it. No, no. <laughs> the end. The end. Damn, dude. Nice roll. <laughs> so you can see that he's extremely troubled when you say this about it being dangerous. And he gently grip your elbow and he just sort of steers you over to the side of the room and he says I know how dangerous this is toots I know I know what this thing can do I've seen it I've seen it I, I can't have it anymore I can't have it anywhere near me look what it's done to me look what it's done to me my family they'll be destitute I need this money don't you understand I know I know it's a terrible thing but but someone will get it and and better it is someone we know than someone we don't and I'll be gone soon don't you see? I, oh God, if, 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 if any good can come of this terrible thing that's, that's, that's occurred, then, then maybe, maybe there'll be some peace for me in my last few months. But please, Toots, you've got to understand, I've seen too much. I've seen too much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Toots is sort of like half like actually kind of concerned because he, he's, you know, he seems like really like mad in this moment so she is like holy shit this thing is more dangerous than i thought but she's also like half there 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 old boy you know like kind of mm, just you right here like a bit of both you know like trying not to trying to suppress the part of her that is actually getting more and more worried about what's going on i'm a little bit concerned for him maybe we should take him to uh, another room while they continue the auction he can get his money and we can look after him for a minute because I, I think he's getting a little worked up <laughs> okay well, Daniel comes over and he says, George, I can see you're having a difficult moment. You just go with these fine people. They'll look after you. I'll complete the transaction and we'll tidy everything up. Okay. Emmeline will come with. She won't let you take George off on your own. Um, she's like hovering behind you as, as you're having this conversation. She says, George, yes, let, let's go and sit down with these lovely people. And George, is, he's kind of shaking a bit at this point. I want to know what it is he's talking about with the things he's seen. <laughs> Are we out of earshot of anyone else now? Yeah, Daniel's gone. Well, apart from Emmeline and George, his wife. George, um, we probably won't win this auction. And you know how dangerous this thing is. So there's $6,000 on top of whatever you win if you just tell me how to destroy this thing. He he looks at you. He says, let's, let's go next door. So you, you, he starts walking towards the lounge. I assume, I assume you go with him. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with, but I, I turn around and I say to, like, Criff and Clancy and all that, like, stay here, keep eyes on. And I'm like, point to the to the weapon, you know, do not let that out of your sight. Lenny's going to nod and be like, yep, got it. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Okay, so you go next door and you're sitting down and Emmeline is next to him, kind of holding his hand and she looks into his eyes and she's kind of, her eyes are moist. She says, it's okay, George. 
You should tell them. Just just get it off your chest. It's It's been eating you away. In a low voice, he says, You can't destroy this thing. You can't destroy it. That device, that, that thing you've seen, that's just the wrapping. That's just the... I just built that to, to, to disguise what it really is. It's not a machine. I, I don't know what it is. But I know that you can't harm it. You can't even scratch it. And the power, the power. He says, let, let, me, let me tell you what happened. I'll tell you everything and maybe, maybe you'll be able to discern something, figure something out about this. I was on a backwards trip with a good friend of mine. He says, I, uh, I was going on a hunting trip in the, in the Appalachian Mountains with a, with a dear friend of mine, Bill Sampson. I've known him since college days. Well, uh, during the trip, as sometimes happens, we strayed from the path and we got lost. Uh, we ended up in a ravine and we needed to find shelter for the night and there were some caves in the cliff. They must have just been exposed by a landslide. They were, the rock there was fresh. There was no moss growing on it. So we sought shelter and we went into the cave. We went into the cave and we went inside and, and it was strange because it was a cave, but then it opened out into this completely regular stone chamber eerie. The air was unusually hot inside. And the walls were studded with, with these glowing crystals. I'd never seen any kind of formation like this. We found a blackened scorch mark of huge size at the back of the chamber and scattered across were several strange metallic objects. They were clearly made in some manufacturing process, but none that I could imagine. The largest was this I suppose it was like a rod, but crooked made of this very strange metal. I'd never seen it before. Had this, like a knot hole at the end, and it was crooked. Anyway, I picked it up, and then something happened. I must have triggered it. And this white light came out and shone on my friend. <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> he laughed. Because <laughs> it was just white light. And then he started screaming. <sighs> Within seconds... He was wiped from the face of the earth. I fled. I ran. And something about that, that beam, it must have weakened the cave. Because it started collapsing around me and I was swept away in a, in a, as the debris, the tumbling debris. And, and then everything went black. Anyway, I was found half delirious, dehydrated. I had terrible bruising. When I got to town, I had to come up with some kind of story, and I, I told my friend I got trapped in this landslide, and anyway, the police came back with me, and of course there was no sight of him, but they recorded it as death by misadventure, and that's what I've had to live with these last year and a half. But that thing, that thing, I couldn't put it out of my mind, and so I started experimenting with it, and my God... All you have to do is touch that knot hole and that beam comes out. And I tried everything. I tried taking samples. I tried cutting it even with, with a diamond cutter. Nothing. You can't scratch it. You can't damage it. You can't bend it. You can't heat it. All it does is produce that detestable ray. And every time I used it, I got sick. I thought it was just, I don't know, nerves. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't. And now, I am dead. 
And at this, Emmeline just bursts into tears and really almost crushes his hand in her in her grip. And then he's he goes silent. Can you remind me when we saw it used twice? Who pressed it? Well, I, I did. The trigger mechanism just it just makes contact with that circular hole. That's all it does. There's nothing more to it. The rest is a sham, a fake. And he puts his head in his hands and lets out a deep sigh. I really want to go press it now. <laughs> Bet you do. <laughs> so we only have to steal piece. one piece of it. Yeah, just the rod. And be careful. Okay, well, let's leave you there because this obviously took a little bit of time and you're probably trying to figure out. Let's Let's cut back to the main room. So Cliff and Quincy and Lenny, what are you doing? I mean, it seems like like Wade is trying to maintain some sense of order in this chaos that's ensued. Yeah, Cliff will look at Quincy and Lenny and be like, so everything seems all right here. Should we maybe go check on that car and see what's going on outside? I, I don't feel good about that just showing up right after we got a death threat. I got a gun out in my car, so maybe maybe I should get it. What do you two think? Uh, well, I think that you should definitely go get your gun. That seems like a prudent thing to do at this at this point in time. But I don't I don't want to leave this machine alone for someone to run off with it. So uh, I'll stay in here while you uh, if you want to go and, and get your weapon. Do you have anything on your person right now to use as a weapon if something happens, Quincy? I tap the tap the floor with my cane. I said I I will be all right, good sir. Okay, all right. Lenny uh, just smiles. Yeah, I'm the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you crack your knuckles as well yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah just behind the weapon I'll uh yeah I'll, I'll head outside alone because I'm not scared at all no, and yeah. no nor, nor should you be nor should you be okay are so you sure you, you don't want me to go with you <laughs> I mean if you want to come if you want to come Lenny like that's okay but I don't need anybody like I'm not scared no no of course not no I'm not implying you're scared I'm just saying it's a weird night out there. I don't, you know, up to you, man. You let me know what you want. Since you're basically like begging, sure. <laughs> you can you can tag along. You can tag along. Thanks. That'll be okay. Yeah, thanks. So, Lenny and Cliff, you you head outside to your car. The car's parked just just by the barn, to the south of the hotel. You walk over. It's all foggy yeah. and spooky. It's all, it's all foggy and spooky. Yeah, yeah. Cliff is walking uncomfortably close to Lenny. Yeah. And Lenny's like, yeah, this is like something I've never seen. How about you? No, this is unsettling. I'll be honest. I am shook. As you go out, you realize there's something kind of a bit odd about the mist as well. Oh, good. It comes all the way up to about three feet from the hotel. It just stops. Ooh, like a hard line? Like a hard line. Yeah. 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 So you're going to have to go into it. It's almost like walking into a wall of mist, basically. For one minute you can see clearly, and the next everything goes dewy and foggy. So before we step into that, can Lenny just be like, I, yeah, I, this is not normal. Are you sure you guns that important to you? I mean, if it is, let's go. I, mean, I just have a really bad feeling, Lenny. I mean, I know, and I, like I look at your hands and I remember your boxing. Like, I know you can handle yourself in a fight, but if something bad happens, I just, I'd hate to go down knowing that I left my best shot at survival in the car. All right, well then. Old Betsy has got me through thick and thin. That's the name of my gun, by the way, Lenny. Mm. Yeah, I figured, yeah. Clever, I like it. 
Okay, so you walk forward into the mist, and the car's just there, maybe 40, 50 feet away. You walk over. You open the car trunk, uh, and your gun's there. Your was it a shotgun? Or? Elephant gun. Elephant gun. Oh yeah. That's what it says here on my character sheet. Oh yeah, the old elephant gun. You pull out your, you know, an elephant gun, as you know, is it's like this really long rifle with a with a big old bore, you know, with a very wide caliber. It's like a shotgun, but fires a long, long way, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe you pick up a box of shells as well, I suppose. Yeah, just tuck them into my jacket pocket. <laughs> yeah, Cliff noticeably, like, relaxes as soon as he's got Betsy in his hand. Right, it's good. So you start walking back to the hotel. You can see um, the, the two lights of that stalled car out there. Now, the other thing that's weird, I suppose, is that you're pretty sure that Gardner sent a couple of the lads out to check the car but you've there's no sound there's no sign of them looks like they just walked into the mist and never came back what do you think happened to those boys he sent out lenny probably ran off maybe they're out having a smoke who knows yeah we should probably get back in huh yeah like i wonder what's going on i wonder if they've learned anything new i mean people are acting crazy I've never been involved in anything like this. I don't know about you, Lenny. No, yeah, me neither, man. This is crazy. That Mr. Sleeps gives me the creeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're a poet. And you know it. <laughs> Cliff knows it, dude. He's, he's working on lines. <laughs> Lenny pats Cliff on the shoulder and says, but I could take him. <laughs> That's my Lovely. boy. As you, as you head back to the, the steps going up to the lobby doors, you hear something. Coming from the direction of the car... You hear a woman's voice. Oh, that's fun. Sounds like Valerie's voice. Sort of. And the voice says, Mr. Rigby, can you help me? Lenny, tell me you heard that. Yeah. That sounds um, like Valerie. Maybe. I. Yeah, I don't know, but I can't see her. She might be in that car. I'm stuck. Valerie, are you okay? Mr. Rigby, can you help me? Oh my god, all I can hear is the Doctor Who episode. Are you my mother? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Lenny, we, we have to help her. She might have banged her head when she fell off the balcony. She might be confused and perhaps dazed. Yeah, okay. You can't leave a lady in distress, okay? That's right, dude. Let's get weird. See how this goes, dude. It's not going to go well, I don't think. I know, yeah, I don't think. So... Cliff heads in that direction. Right. Gun so in you, hand. Yeah, gun in hand. Have you got it raised? It's on his shoulder. It's on, on his shoulder. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, so you you approach the side of the fog-shrouded fog shrouded car. The fog That's shrouded really Cthulhu, dude. No. That would be, yeah, yeah. As you get closer, as the mists kind of... They don't clear, but obviously you're closer. You can see a bit better through it. You see that the driver's side door is open, and as a woman standing beside it. She says, Mr. Rigby, I need to tell you something. Of course, my dear. Are you okay? I have a message for you, Mr. Rigby. A message from whom? You are in grave danger. Death. The spatial annihilation device is not of you. Not within your knowledge to control. Give it to us. Do not trust those within it. You will be spared. You will live. Your existence 
will continue. Danger. Non-primate life has been detected within... Non-primate... Valerie, you must have banged your head. What's going on here? Danger. Death. And as she finishes those words, you see something shifting in the mist and darkness behind her. <laughs> rising up. <laughs> You're going to have to both make a spot Sorry, hidden. Sorry, <laughs> That's fine. Both make a spot hidden. Oh, that's a hard success. Oh, and that's a regular success. Oh, boy. You see something large and glistening kind of weirdly furry but also fluttery and it just hovers upwards and you both have to make a sanity roll when you see this thing. Fuck yeah. <laughs> First one of the game. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> Figure out how to do that. The green one next to the sanity thing, right? Yeah, the green one next to the sanity. Oh, well, Lenny, don't know what you were, you ate for breakfast, but now nah, you're cool. <laughs> Seeing this fl floating, fluttering thing that just seems to be hovering behind the head of Valerie. It's large. It's probably about eight or nine feet. Lenny would immediately exclaim, what the fuck? Of course he would. But, uh, Cliff, I don't know, you might have had dreams about things or I don't know. So you need to roll me a d6. A d6? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not a d4, but a d6. Okay, well you're fine. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you've lost four sanity, but you don't have a bout of madness. Or nice, anything, but nice. You almost cry out in surprise and fear at this thing, but you're you're tougher than that. You managed to keep your shit together, and this thing—it just kind of—it almost like drifted upwards and backwards, almost so it's now no longer visible, and all you can see now is Valerie standing there. She's saying, "Please take my message back to your friends." Uh, yeah, Cliff is just speechless right now it's like uh did you say non-human non-primate life has been detected ah uh, uh hey cliff yeah you know anything about non-primate life could be reptilian or pescatarian <laughs> you ever met a reptile that floats <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that word actually means, Joe? That's the question. Breatharian. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I was going to say. Breatharian. Yes. Rastafarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, can I make, like, invest not investigation, but like a... I mean, you'd have to make a... Um, well, to be honest, you'd have to make a Cthulhu Mythos roll. <laughs> and you probably don't have anything in it, I, I imagine. I don't know if you do. You well, since don't. I just lost sanity do i gain no because you if you had a bout of madness yes you would have immediately gained five cthulhu mythos but no so you can okay. yeah kind i don't of know imagine. yeah i can't imagine what she's talking about lenny i mean maybe she means the fish in the fish tank it was a nice fish tank <laughs> we should maybe get inside though valerie come with us i have to stay here mr rigby they want me to stay here who is they my new friends. Oh, friends are good. Lenny, what do you think? <laughs> I think we better get back inside. I mean, she's a grown woman. If she wants to stay, she can stay, right? Yeah, plus she has friends, so it's fine. Seems like she might need it right now. We're fucking night. Yeah, let's get in. Okay. 
I'll, yep. I'll buy you. So a we're drink. gonna go in. Probably need three. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut back to good old Quincy, Fan- Mr. Fandango. So yes. you are you are you're kind of been left on your own <laughs> with with all these uh, sketchy characters. What do you do? Well, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to keep an eye on this machine, and I uh, I occasionally glance over and I I look and see is Mister Sleep at all uh, disturbed by any of what is going on, or is he just sitting there calmly? Let's say at this point, he stood up, and he walks over to the front window. And he seems to be peering out into the mist towards the the headlights of the car. I think at this point you can see your two friends like outlined in the beams from the headlights, and they're just standing there. I will ask. Uh, I'll ask Mister Sleep. Uh, so, what do you see out there, big guy? He says, "Oh, it looks like your friends seem to be having a conversation." They do that. They do that. Sure. Sure. One of them has a firearm. Is this typical of him? For him? Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Never goes anywhere without it. Oh, I see. Mm, Probably won't do him any good, you know. No, not really. I I, I don't know. Um, Nothing to shoot tonight, so probably not. But, uh, you know, are you expecting someone? Oh, one should always be prepared, wouldn't you say? That's, I think, why he brought the gun. Hmm. Oh, look. They're coming back. Oh, good, good. I, I wasn't expecting that. Hmm. Anyway, now you, sir. What do you make of all this? I'm just here to put in a bid and buy a crazy machine, just like everyone else. Jolly good. Keep the spirits up. Mr. Quincy, <laughs> mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, why would I? Why would my spirits not be up? It's a, it's a lovely evening. Uh, everybody's put their bids in. It's a bit of a kerfuffle here about the bidding, but uh, yeah, I think we can all work that out. And I'm sure I'll walk away uh, owning a lovely machine. Hmm. Perhaps. And then he just sort of turns away from you and goes back and sits down where he was. You were coming back into the auction room. Perhaps you all come in more or less around the same time. Everybody had seen to look a little more worried and kind of looking back over her shoulder at the room she's just left. Dainty's more confident than ever. Yeah. So, uh, Toots, what's uh, what's got you afeard there? You look a little shaken. Are Cliff and Lenny around? Yeah, yeah, they're just coming back in. I saw. I think uh, I think Cliff went out to get his gun. Oh, right. That's probably a good move. And she was like, that's why I always keep mine with me. And she taps her handbag. <laughs> it's like right in there. Uh, well, we're going to have to get uh, Cliffy a much bigger handbag if he's going to do it that way. <laughs> she gestures them all over to like tell them about what she learned about where this thing has come from and the fact that most of it's dressing. It's only really the rod in the middle that means anything. And I, I think this would be a good moment for um, Cliff and Lenny to come back in from their little jaunt. So I see the three of them huddled up and head over to the table. Lenny's going to put his hand on Cliff's shoulder and be like, so uh, what are we telling him about what we just saw? 
I mean, the first thing is that Valerie is alive and well, well, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not real sure that was Valerie. Just FYI. What was that? And I, I kind of grab like as you have your hand on my shoulder, I like grab your wrist. I'm like, and my eyes are all big and crazy. It's like, what was that thing we saw? Yeah, exactly. So I would say you probably you, you'll have to um, chalk it up to just some optical illusion or something because you, you 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 didn't register what it was. You saw it, but you didn't register what it, it didn't like. You know, <laughs> freak you out. Okay. What was that thing, man? Well, I mean, I don't, you know, it looked like a injured bird or something to me. I don't, what do you mean? It was scaly and feathery and those two things should mix. I didn't see that, but. It was indescribably awful. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Okay, well. um, I'm not going to mention that part to them. Yeah, no, you might want to leave that part out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that non-primate business. Yeah. 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 And we might need to mention that, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to, you know, make sure what you wanted to, how you wanted to handle that. But yeah, Is I got Is there it. anything you think I shouldn't mention them? Well, we won't know what their thoughts are about it if we don't tell them the whole story, right? I just wanted to, you know, make sure we're on the same page, you know. What if one of them is the non-primates? Why? One of our friends? I mean, how well do we really know them? In fact, how well do I really know you? Please, dude, if I was a non-primate, you'd know it. I mean, I'm famous. How could I be anything but me? True. That's true. Okay. Okay. I'll pull myself together uh, and walk over to the... I'm gonna go grab you a drink from the bar. Have him put it on my tab. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. You get there and Toots is like... Yeah, so this thing killed his friend before he even figured out what it did. And then he had to lie to everybody about it. No wonder he's freaking nuts, right? And then Cliff will proceed to tell everybody what happened outside. Leaving out the scary monster part. Are you telling the whole room? No, 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 no. Oh, just your friends. Yeah. I had the impression they were kind of like at a table together or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I walk and in hushed tones, uh, Cliff will let everybody know about the non-primates and give it to us and you will be spared. He'll mention those things. Yeah, that Valerie was not herself. Well, I mean, damn, Cliff, that's a, that's an awful big gun you got there. <laughs> yeah, no one seems to have really taken much notice of the fact that you've come in with an elephant gun. I think what's happening in the room now is there's just this loud argument going on between Kepler and Wade and Morosini's kind of poking his oar in. Others are kind of that they seem to be very preoccupied with figuring out who's going to um, take home this prize. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Now that we know that most of it is dressing, why don't we just go up there and threaten people with using it unless we can take it? It's sitting right there. Yes. I'm just, what do we do with it once we have it? Well, the, the plan was to bring it to back to your uh, your friend, right? You can't remember the professor what's-his-butt. It was in a cave in this chamber for years before anybody found it, right? Like, why don't we just put it back? Did he mention where that cave was? Oh, uh, yeah, he did on his hunting trip with Bill Sampson that I didn't write down the place name of, but he totally did. <laughs> the Appalachians. <laughs> Appalachians. Why don't we just drop it in the ocean? All that? Yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah, that'd be fine. There's nothing bad in the ocean, is there? 
There's nothing in the ocean that could just like pick it up. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Dainty doesn't live in the ocean. <laughs> a, little, a little foggy tonight, Dainty, to be to be going out on a boat. But I I, I see your point, good sir. See your I point. mean, there's a boathouse just down the slipway. <laughs> Reading my mind. <laughs> what do you have in mind, Dainty? Do you have a do you have a plan in that big beautiful brain of yours? I mean, we just grab it right now and run to the boathouse with it. I mean, everybody else had to check their weapons, right? I've got mine right here. I'm fully prepared to back you up as we go to grab this thing. Well, I'm on board. So just about this time, the, the volume of the argument seems to have increased dramatically behind you. And what you hear is, is Captain says, I've had enough of this nonsense. I am making out a check now for $50,000. And you see him frantically scribbling a check and he just shoves it in Daniel Wade's face. He says, that will be sufficient, sir. And I, I look at my friend, I say, are we doing this or what? Are we doing it? We're doing this. We're doing this. This is happening. Okay, Cliff will pick up his gun, aim it at the ceiling, and fire off a shot, and yell, everybody hit the ground! At this, yeah. several people in the room draw guns. Yeah, nice, dude. Awesome. Dainty is dead sprinting towards the device. He's got a 45. So, at this point, I'll tell you who's drawing guns. Russo. Uh, Russo obviously draws a gun. Morosini even has a gun. Russo is aiming straight for me, isn't he? <laughs> yep. Kepler, Dalton, and Brown all draw guns. Damn, Kepler even has a gun? Yeah, right. and the most surprising of all, you see Emmeline Pelfrey also has a gun in her hand at this point. And everyone is like, you know, like not like holding them up. It's that kind of, who do you, who do you want to shoot first? Right. Aiming straight at Kepler with her handgun. <laughs> And George, George cries out as you start running, I suppose, Dainty, towards them. George says, please, please, stop, stop. I can't see it. I can't bear any more death. Please, no, please, please. People seem to be taking a pause. What are you guys doing? Grabbing the rod out of the device. If you want to do that, you're going to have to go through these Kepler's men because they're kind of in between you and the device. So tell me what you do. Tell me what you try to do. Uh, do they have guns drawn? Oh yeah, and then, and you're you're kind of charging at them at this point. Do you want to keep doing this? I mean, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna yell, "Get down, you fools! Get down! People are about to start firing." <laughs> as if I'm trying to help them. Okay. He's got his gun trained as like what, tracing his progress in case he has to shoot anybody. What happens next is kind of surprising, because Mister Sleep he just calmly walks in the middle with all the guns trained on like in the, like literally he he's walked into the most hazardous spot in the room right now between you lot and all these other people and everyone's pointing guns and he would clearly be in the line of fire and he holds up his hand in a very calm way and he says oh please this isn't good i'm afraid my friends the hour draws late and I must away home. Those things out there in the fog. And rest assured, they are waiting for you in the dark, waiting to slice you up and splay you open like meat on a butcher's slab. They want this pretty toy, but they won't let any of you live if they get it. Oh no. 
I, however, I'm in a more generous mood. I'm going to save you. Walk with me, if any of you are brave enough. Bring that pretty toy for me, and the rest of you can live. What's more, you'll have gold. <laughs> so much gold. Walk out into the dark and fear not. The rest they won't care about. Not if you don't have the machine, and I'll take care of them, be sure. I think on it, but don't take too long. And then he just casually walks out of the room. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the rod, and I'm going to casually follow Mr. Sleep, like he told me to, while gently massaging the rod to <laughs> determine <laughs> psychically cast. <laughs> Well, I think this is how it's playing out in your head, but let's see how it really plays yes, out. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he's envisioning success like you're supposed to do, not failure. Visualize, yeah. visualize success, your success. So you're going to have to try and get through a hail of gunfire if you want to do that. You do know that they've pulled back the hammers on their guns as you start, you know, walking towards towards them. I'm sorry, they weren't convinced by what Mr. Sleep had to say? Oh, no, they think he's a madman, I suppose. I mean, I'm sure you all do, No. Cliff certainly doesn't, dude. Cliff has seen some shit tonight. <laughs> Kepler says, Stop where you are, Mr. Dainty. There's no need for any trouble now. That crazy freak. Gun at Kepler's head and says, Watch yourself. Now, mister, I know you're good in the ring, but how good's your aim? You, do you really want to find out? Bet it's not as good as these lads here. Dainty's just making a wide arc around these guys to, to cause them to, like, shuffle step across the room in front of him. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Kepler, you don't need to worry about Lenny, because I've got, like, my handgun fired, like, pointed right at his head. And I know he doesn't think that I'm a risk, but, you know, I'm standing steady with my arms real strong, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in a standoff at the moment. Oh. Emmeline and George have kind of backed to the side of the room. Uh, you, backed away. You fools, there is something outside. He wasn't lying about that. You have to listen to him. That's yeah. what Cliff yells. Morosini says, It's a crazy talk. What are you talking about? He's, there's nothing out there. There's a couple of lights. What did you see? You saw some, some woman who bumped her head. Go outside and find out. Get sliced up and put open on a butcher's block. That ah, sounds like he, fun. It's fairy stories. I'll go outside. You too. He, he indicated, well, Russo, no, no, Russo, you go outside. Yeah, Russo, you go outside. <laughs> Russo looks at me and goes, what the fuck, boss? Why should I go outside? What if there is some freak out there? Cut us up. Maybe some, some crazy guy with a knife. And Morosini looks at him and says, Russo, what do I pay you for? You take orders. You're like a dog, yeah? I, I whistle, you come. I say, shoo, you go. <laughs> Russo gives him this really evil look and he says I don't know how much longer I'm going to be working for a fucking crazy nutcase like you and he says okay I'll go and check this out and he walks outside Dainty are you still trying to get to this thing yeah I'm doing like running back moves trying to get around these guys and they're just like slapping me to center court every time yeah well look I mean if you want to make a grab for it there's going to be gunplay you know that they're not going to let you just walk up and take it everyone in this room means business it's just frustrated and she's like don't you understand there's more 
going on than just you and me and us trying to use this thing. This thing isn't even from this world, it looks like. Does any of you understand how this works? It's a fraud. It's all a fraud. <laughs> George at this point pipes up and he says, She's telling the truth. It can't be from this world. Everything there is a sham. It's a fake. What's inside is what matters. And there's no... It's not... It can't be anything made made on this planet. It has no power source. It has no fuel. It has no ammunition. There's not even a nozzle. And people are just looking at him and muttering. And I'm like, look, and I shoot it. I shoot the thing, trying to, like, smash it open. Your bullet caroms off the casing and smashes away a big piece of it. Now, at this point, I think Dalton's going to fire back at you. About to get ugly in here. As Kettler realizes you weren't aiming at them, you were aiming at the device, he says, no, Dalton, but it's too late. Dalton holds his one hand over the top of his pistol, aims, and shoots at you. I shoot right back at him after we figure out what happens. Oh, God. <laughs> this is Reservoir Dogs. It is Reservoir Dogs. That's what I've been thinking this whole time, man. That scene from Reservoir Dogs. It's across between Reservoir Dogs, The Mist, and some other shit. Dainty Mr. Pink, so deal with it. Oh, holy crap. He is good with this gun. Okay. Well, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a extreme success. Yeah, that's an extreme success. Good night, Toots. This won't take you down, but this could do some serious damage to you. Well, not too bad. That's 12 damage. So the Mauser bullet slams into your shoulder, spinning you round. Damn it! Look at what I did! I didn't shoot you, you prick! Oh, hold on. This is a burst three. Oh, fuck. Okay, I could die. Auto pencil. It's an pistol. auto pistol. It's like a submachine gun. It has a 12 round magazine. Oh my Bye, god. Yeah, you're going to take um, two more hits. So that's 12. Yeah, I've only got 11 points left, and that's 11, right? So, yeah, that's plus, zero. Plus 20. I think I think the last thing you hear is, you prick! And then, like, Toots gets slammed by another one and slammed by another one and just goes down. Like, just poof. I, yeah. I think you go tumbling over a table and out of view. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that's thematically right because that should make everybody pause for a second and hopefully yeah. look at the fucking device. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh God! And what she was trying to do. But I think Lenny was about to fire, wasn't he? Soon as that guy shot, Lenny fired on him right at his head. Okay, fire I, I think my friend. Fuck you. Okay, I think we are in, um, we're in combat now. <laughs> so um, the way we're going to do this is we're going to look at everyone's um, dexterity scores. Yep. Who's got, who's got the highest dex out of you guys? I got 85, which seems odd for big ass Cliff. Well, you know. Oh yeah, so apart from Quincy, who has a club. Okay, so only Cliff and, and Lenny have guns, yeah? Oh dear. Well, you're a bit outgunned. Because, uh, well, Dalton's already fired, so he's out of the picture. Let's see how this plays out. Russo is... His dex is 70, so he's going to go after. Yeah. After yeah. Cliff. Yeah, Lenny, yeah. what's your dex? 60. Okay, you're going to go after him. Well, what about Emmeline? <laughs> Emmeline Pelfrey, her dex is 60. I don't think she's just going to fire indiscriminately. She's... She'd be protecting her. She's her protecting her husband. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, well, Cliff, what do you want to do? So it says for my elephant gun under attacks, it says one or two. 
<laughs> yeah. So what that means is, if you fire both barrels at the same person, <laughs> which really oh, it's double is not necessarily, okay. yeah. But you can also fire at two different people because it's like got two triggers. You know the way they work. They got like, but it means you'd have a penalty. Okay, so I take a penalty die on both shots or just the second one? On both, if you okay. want to fire at two different people. Yeah, he's. I'm shooting at Dalton, uh, just like as a reflex. Like, yeah, Br- Brown doesn't have a gun. Brown's the accountant, and he's like freaking out at this point. Okay, elephant gun. 12 damage, it looks like. Okay, so your elephant gun just makes this deafening noise. I think everyone in the room, his ears are ringing. And you probably didn't catch him flush on, because if you did, you'd have just killed him outright. But um, you do a massive, take a massive wound to him. He has to make a constitution roll to stay conscious. He's a tough guy, though. And he just about keeps his keeps on his feet, but he is bleeding heavily from the side of his chest, from between his chest and his arm. You got him right there. Grab it, Dainty! Okay, well, Dainty can't go yet because it will be... Actually, it's... So So in that case, it is... <laughs> it is uh, Lenny. <laughs> Do you want to follow up? <laughs> oh, so he just shot the guy I was aiming at? Yeah, but he's not down. He's taken a, a massive wound, but he's not down. Get revenge, Lenny. Let's drop him. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. Okay. You kill him. <laughs> you get him in between the in between the eyes. Maybe the first shot just stunned him. He's staggering backwards, and then your thirty-eight or forty-five. Yeah, your forty-five bullet just gets him straight between the eyes, and he drops. And at this, Kepler says, "Stop, everyone! This is crazy. What's going on?" Just look, look, look at us. What are we doing? What are we doing? But he's still, like, waving his gun around. He's kind of waiting. Morosini is going, This is a crazy way we're killing each other. Look at this. What is going on? Now, <laughs> Dainty, are you going to continue trying to do your... Yes, Dainty's going to try to grab the rod out of the device. Which is surely clearly on view now because I smashed it. Yeah, yeah. There's a the whole side has come off, and the and the rod is is like inside. You can see it exposed inside the casing. So dainty. What's your dex? Sixty. Okay. They're gonna get a shot at you before you can get to it. I think at this point Morosini's not gonna fire, but Kepler is. His dude just did just go down. It does sort of make sense. Yeah, he's gonna fire at you. If you survive, you'll be able to grab this thing. <laughs> Let's see what happens. God, we haven't even got the monsters yet. You're just, it's just that the humans <laughs> are killing are the monsters, each other. You are the monsters. <laughs> Have you ever had a TPK in Call of Duty? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, in one shots, it's almost every time. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, usually one person lives. Usually one person lives. That's that's uh... Okay, so uh, Kepler, he's not very good. That's the good thing. He's only got a 32 as well. But he's gonna fire. Th- he's gonna fire three times at you. So oh, he's got a Mauser too. He's gonna try and he's just gonna basically fire off three shots. So his first one that would be a hit, but he gets a penalty dice, and he misses. And he misses just. Second one misses. Third one misses. <laughs> so he's obviously he's not a skilled gunman, uh, marksman. As you're dodging and weaving towards him. He just sprays gut bullets all over the, the ceiling and the one goes into the ground. Now's your chance, Dainty. You can grab this thing. I don't want to uh, accidentally destroy myself with it, but I would <laughs> like to uh, use it on the guy that just tried to shoot me. 
Well, yeah. Okay, so there's a couple of things you're going to need to do. First, you have to make a dexterity roll to try and extricate it from the wreckage of the uh, thing. Yes, you succeed. You, you rip it out of the casing. It catches for a moment on some of the armature, but then you manage to loosen it up. And then I guess you can point it at uh, Mr. Kepler at this point. <laughs> if that's what you want to do. I think so. He just shot at you, dude, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I think I want to disintegrate him. <laughs> Why don't you make an intelligence roll? Mm. Extreme. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> you have extreme intelligence. You grab it and you think, yes. And then everything in your head screams no. As you remember, not only from what you've seen, but from what George has tell, told you, it doesn't work instantly. It takes at least 10 seconds for it to sort of warm up. Oh, yeah. yeah. At first, he'd just be laughing while he shot me. Yeah, and you swing it around and you point it at Kepler. And you press, I guess you put your finger in the circular bit and you squeeze and it feels intense. Almost like a crackle of electricity coming out of it, running up your arm. And the white beam leaps forward and plays on Kepler. You need to keep it on him for two rounds for it to do anything. The first round, it doesn't do anything. And you have to make two consecutive dexterity rolls to keep it trained on him. So make your first dexterity roll. So Kepler, in shock, cries out, No! No! And then he realizes that it's not doing anything to him. And now I gotta think about what Morosini's gonna do. So he's, he's just kind of like watching this and he's saying, Mr. Denty, I think this is a, you're taking this a bit far. I know we've had a bit of trouble, but uh, this could be a bad decision, Mr. Denty. What do you think? <laughs> he just sprayed bullets at me. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're kind of spitting out the words. We are at the top of the round at this point. Emily and George are just shouting out at you please don't please don't everybody please stop drop your weapons lenny just wants to shout out don't do it because i don't think that dainty has thought about the price he will pay for using it huh, well that's well, we'll see but i've realized i've left out quincy here uh, yes. yeah well quincy realized that uh he brought a knife to a gunfight so uh when everybody drew guns, he, he slid behind the bar and is currently uh, mixing his own drink. <laughs> What's he making? Definitely whatever that was with the absence and bitter. Oh, yeah. Sazerac. Sazerac. Yeah, there you go. One of those. A double, actually. A double. Yeah. I think with a with a neat vodka chaser, just a, like a half bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Let's go to the top of the round then. Back to Cliff. Cliff yells out, everyone put down your guns. Dainty, you get out of here with that device. Follow that guy. We'll all get out of here alive. No one else has to die. Can I make some sort of persuade roll with my big ass gun? I'm trying to get all the NPCs in the room to put down their guns as I'm like, I'm moving my, I got my elephant gun up. You know, I've got it trained and I'm just like, going across the room with it. I'm just like, everyone put down your guns! While I'm pointing my gun at them. So. Just make, make me a straight persuade roll, because okay. given the situation, you're not going to get any advantage on this. Not my strong suit. No. <laughs> not my strong yeah. suit. I mean, maybe it was a good speech. In your head, it sounded good, but when it came out, it just seemed like 
91. This is too tense. You, you would, you'd have needed at least a heart or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, you can still act as well if you want. So here's what I'm thinking: Can I charge and like shoulder tackle uh, what's his face Kepler? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, is that like a fighting brawl or something? Yeah, let's just hope you don't end up in the beam as well. That's all. My goal is to not. <laughs> Yes. So yep. you charge forward. What it would be would be a fighting brawl. It's a manu. It's a maneuver. Now, what size? What size are you? Oh yeah, my size. That's up in the stats, right? I think you're big. It's your build. Your build is plus one. So you will get a bonus dice on this. So yeah, you need to make a fighting brawl roll. Okay. Wow. You get a hard success. Now you came up from behind. You smash into the back of him. He's got virtually no chance of resisting this because uh, he's not a tough guy himself. Yeah, he would have to roll an eight or below. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Well, it might happen. It might happen. No, he rolls a 97. Okay, um, in fact, that's a fumble. <laughs> and yeah, you can just tell me what, what happens to him. Yeah, so I just, I catch him like right at hip level with my shoulder. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm crouched down in a super sweet football tackle, like perfect form from Cliff's days on the old gridiron. And I just basically just boom, just blow him up and like smack him down onto the ground, like with my full weight, like bearing down on him. Perfect. He goes sprawling. The gun goes kind of skids out of his grasp and across the, the carpet uh, towards Dainty. Dainty, your friend is now in the beam as well. <laughs> Yeah, so Dainty will pull the beam up and away uh, from them, aim it sort of at the ceiling. Okay. What if you aim it at the moon? So the you do that, that, you do that, and then there's this crackle and a huge, like a 15-foot-wide circular hole just appears in the ceiling. And I think given all of this craziness that's just happened, I think suddenly there is a calm in the room as Kepler's lying there and he realises he's everyone sees what's just happened with that, that beam Kepler realises well one he's totally at your mercy and two that he just avoided death by inches and he, then he looks across at the crumpled form of Dalton his man and he says okay okay I, 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 you can have it you can have it I don't want this fucking thing anymore I don't want it and then Morosini's going, yeah, well, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about it a bit. Uh, you know, maybe we make a deal, you and me, Mr. Denty. I'm just pointed at him. <laughs> and Denty just says, walking, and starts walking towards the door. Wait, Denty, before, before you go, we might want to get rid of the body. <laughs> if, you, if you take my meaning. What's that legal phrase? Corpus, whatever. Corpus delict. No, what yeah. is it? Habeas corpus. Habeas, no body, no trial, man. <laughs> Disintegrate this thing. But there's one thing you need to do, Dainty, for me. Oh, yeah, because he used it, huh? Mm, he used it. I think you have to make me a constitution roll. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh. He no. says I failed. Yeah. It says I failed. I mean, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's just what it says. Okay, roll a d10. Don't do it, TJ. You'll never know the results until you do it. <laughs> okay, uh, you suddenly feel nauseous. You kind of just double up, and you just can't stop yourself vomiting. And you lose seven points of constitution. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> and everyone's like looking at you. <laughs> and Morosini says, Is he okay? Is that the delayed reaction? It must be. Have you seen the guy that's selling it? You, sh- you don't really want this thing. So I think there's an air of calm now in the room, as I said. And then you hear this clapping from the side of the room. Just a slow, like a golf clap. And it's Mr. Sleep. And he's standing. He's standing at the door. And he's saying, Having fun? No! (laughs) Is Dainty allowed to respond or is he out of it? No, you're still vomiting at this point. And actually, you can make a luck roll. Yeah, you've you've is you, you well, because you're vomiting so strenuously. You you've dropped it. It's at your feet, the disintegrator, and you're vomiting over it probably, <laughs> or at least some of it's splattering on it. And Mister Sleep says, "Look, I know you types like to have your fun in games, but I meant what I said. You will all end up in pieces, so to speak, splayed out." They like keeping the parts as well. Sends a shiver down the spine, thinking what they do with them. Anyway, the offer still stands if you wish to... I see that one of you seems to have retrieved it from that gaudy little shell. Why don't you come with me and we'll see if we can work a little plan. All of us? I'm giving it my all here, Dr. Dormir. <laughs> okay, you've, you've come out of your kind of nausea attack. You can see the disintegrator just lying on the carpet, a little bit of vomit splattered on it. Mr. Sleep seems like he's really encouraging you to come with him and bring it with. And that's the plan. That's what I've been trying to do, man. What are the rest of you doing? Oh, I was just going to say, Lenny has lowered his gun a little bit, and he's just waiting the situation out, making sure nobody like hurts any of his friends any more than they already have. Yeah, Cliff is standing down a little bit. Okay. So a couple of things happen. First, Daniel Wade gets up from behind the chair that he was cowering behind. Fucking coward. <laughs> and he stands up and he says, I don't know where the fuck you're going. This is an auction. <laughs> we are selling this thing. <laughs> If I wasn't dead, I would shoot that guy. (laughs) And the great thing is, a familiar and lovely face appears from behind the table where she had tumbled. And toots, how did you survive that? Well, I don't know if you remember, but back in the episode where we were getting ready for this and we were getting dressed, I distinctly explained that toots was wearing one of those really intense whalebone corsets underneath. So it turns out that the whalebone's like thick enough to keep everything in and everything out. It, it like hit the whalebone and it splintered the bone and stuff. So she's got, you know, she's got like some pretty serious like piercings where like b- bits of bone have kind of splintered, but like the the actual bullet got stopped, if you know what I mean. So she yeah. like is she literally like cuts this thing like, like yoinks this thing off from underneath her dress and sort of throws it, and you can see it's like ruined. And she's got, like, blood spots all over her and stuff from where it's splintered. And she's like, who says corsets don't save your life? (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) mechanically, you go down to zero luck, but you immediately get a d6 hit points back. So you can roll a d6. Wow. (laughs) Great. Well, I mean, 
you're you're alive. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. And then Mr. Sleep looks at you and says, Oh, primates, you're always surprising me. Non-primate! Non-primate! And I'm just pointing at Mr. Sleep. (laughs) He says, Now, Dainty, come on. Do you think you need a a friend to keep you company? (laughs) He laughs. He says, Don't do it, man. Non-primate. I don't think we really have a choice. Always a choice. With great power comes great responsibility, Toots says from the floor. While we're talking, can Dainty pick it back up into his hands and start trying to psychologically or psychically tell where it came from? Sure. Make a clairvoyance roll. I'm, this might go bad. <laughs> oh, success. Trying to mind link like, with an alien artifact. Uh, yeah, like even when it goes well, it might be bad. <laughs> can I make that a higher success? By spending eight? You can, sure. Nice, dude. You can make that hard success. I mean, Fuck yeah. All right, sure. then. So I'll describe what everyone else sees. So you see Dainty holding this device in his hands, and you see, see him, his eyes go a bit cloudy, you know, like unfocused. And then this look of intense fear comes over his face, and he screams out involuntarily and drops to the ground and goes into a fetal position and starts screaming and screaming and screaming. <laughs> that's not good. And I think that's where we'll end the session. That's pretty good. <laughs> TJ, I love you! <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs>